Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And sitting side by side with me is someone you should know. If you love Saturday morning cartoons as much as I do, this is the man, Robert Lamb, one of the lead character designers for He-Man and She-Ra. And you did some of the, uh, the storyboards, the animation design, all of that. Uh, and, and you are one of the guys who created so many of our childhoods. Well, let me... Uh, uh, I'll take credit where credit is due. I will defer on some things. The, um, I was a storyboard artist originally, which was to uh, plan out the animation for the episodes. Uh, then later, I became a staff writer and wrote some of the stories okay. for He-Man and for She-Ra. Uh, the, um, it was uh, the 1980s. It was when there was a lot of really good cartoons being made. And I'm, I was privileged to be part of that. Filmation was a great family of animators. And we had uh, some really talented staffers and produced... Uh, all those He-Man episodes and then Shira, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, Brave Star, just a lot of good shows. My all-time favorite from Filmation was Flash Gordon. I got in there the year after they did Flash Gordon. I oh. missed it by that much. But yes, uh, I was very impressed with what they did with Flash Gordon. They did a really, really fine job. And uh, uh, I started in 1981. And I worked on The New Adventures of Zorro. Okay. Shazam. Okay, yes. Hero High and Black Star. Oh my gosh. Do you know how much I loved Hero High? That was such a fun show. And I've not seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're going to be reviewing it on the podcast soon. Okay. But you worked on it. I did. Uh, that was during my apprentice year. I was my first year at Filmation. I was an apprentice storyboard artist, worked under some other uh, journeymen. And the uh, Hero High was actually pitched originally as the Super Archies. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And they couldn't get the deal worked out. So they, so uh, I think Archie became Captain California. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reggie became... Um, he became the villain, right? He became Rex Ruthless. Yes. Okay. So, you, if you look at the characters, you can see where each one became a different one. And then there were some brand new characters. Punk Rocker and some others. We also had live action characters. I, I know. I remember that. And they that. did a kind of a laugh-in joke wall and a, a band. It was... 
There were some good parts. There were some parts that made you cringe, but that was the way it well, was. Well, so in my in my memory, um, I remember that show so fondly. And um, the guy who played um, Weatherman, mm-hmm. he d- went on to do a bunch of other stuff. Um, the Police Academy movies. And yeah, his name was Jim Weatherwax. And yes, um, yeah, he did a lot, a lot of things after that. Uh, haven't heard much about him since then. Yeah, but, but, but uh, I love that. Fun. It was it was that that animation and live action kind of almost like the Banana Splits had going on. Yeah, yeah, very similar. And and those actors that you saw in the live action part, they were doing the voices for the cartoons. Yeah, that. Oh, it, it was so good. And the other part was that we got to do Shazam. We got to do Captain Marvel and the Marvel Family uh, in animation, and that was that was a blast. We did, we enjoyed doing that. Black Star was uh, unique in that it prompted Mattel to contact Filmation for this new toy line they had called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And that became a uh, co-production deal. We, we uh, collaborated with them to develop uh, the, the storylines and everything. There were some small storylines that were in some of the comic books and the mini-comics that were in the toys, but it was only fleshed out so far. And so we, um, uh, we started working on it in, in 1982. By 83, we're in full production for uh, the fall premiere was um, September of 83 for, uh, for season He-Man. It was the first time that we had done that many episodes. Saturday morning TV was 13, uh, the networks would buy 13 episodes. And then they'd rerun them ad nauseum. But on uh, for He-Man, we designed that to be first-run syndication. We were aiming for the afternoon after-school market, right. Monday through Friday. So we had to pre- uh, create 13 weeks of programming, five days a week. That turned into 65 half hours. That was a ton of work. And for the first year, from 1983 into 84, we were the only first-run animation in the afternoon block. We had it all to ourselves, and uh, the ratings were very high. It was very profitable. All the other studios took notice, and G.I. Joe went in production, and Transformers, Transformers, all that. And by uh, fall of 84, there were several uh, several series that, are, that were now competing for the same, same time slots. But for the first year, He-Man had it to himself. And were you, correct me if I'm wrong, but were you guys the first, like, childhood daytime cartoon series to be first-run syndication? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. What had happened was that uh, most stuff that you saw in the afternoons were reruns of old Saturday morning shows. Right. And so that was new. And the difference was that we... Um, we pitched these directly to the stations, syndication, We're, as opposed to pitching to CBS or NBC. Uh, we went to uh, the trade shows where um, hmm. the uh, program directors of all the local stations would go to go to pick up their products. And Filmation came up with this unique idea. We gave it to them for free. Here was the stipulation. Your block of commercial time, which... I believe at the time was eight minutes, like 22 minutes worth of programming and eight minutes worth of commercials. 
And so what they did was say, okay, here's eight minutes of commercial time. Local station, you take four minutes of it and sell it any way you want. We'll take four minutes and sell it to uh, nationwide advertisers. But you get the programming for free. That was sweet because it was a win-win deal. The, uh, the local stations got this great product for no cost to them. And we, we uh, got the money from advertising. And as that show became a cultural phenomenon, mm-hmm. that uh, there were probably stations that turned it down initially that came flocking back and begging at the door to be a part of it. Well, all of that... I wasn't as privy to that side of the business. We were too busy making more sure. episodes. But I do know that each station had their choice of where they were going to put things. And some of them had put it in, like, before school. I heard from one fan that said that they, they had to watch it just before they had got the bus. And it wasn't until later that uh, that station realized, oh, this is supposed to be on in the afternoon. So it all it all depended, but basically it was supposed to be an after-school uh, programming, and of course Disney came up with their uh, their after their Disney afternoon later, and that became it's interesting the the weekday afternoons became the standard, and Saturday morning went into decline, and uh, there are fewer and fewer uh, Saturday morning stuff, and the different networks started putting on other types of programming. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember the uh, demise as I went into high school of, of the Saturday morning uh, slate, you know. Mm-hmm. It used to be, man, we, we, would, we would anticipate that first Saturday morning of the new season, mm-hmm. and they had the ads and the comic books, here's what's coming to CBS, ABC, NBC, and man, we couldn't wait. But now that you say the, the Disney afternoon with... DuckTales and Tailspin and, uh, you know, Darkwing Duck uh, eventually. Yes. You know, uh, yeah, wow, that's, you're bringing back some memories. Well, that's how it transitioned. Yeah. And a lot of the networks had, for a time, wanted to get and use the, that Saturday morning time for sports and news and other things, but the, the, the children's programming, the cartoons and other shows, were still very popular for it a long a money time. Maker. Yes, and it wasn't until... We got into the afternoons that, well, it it wasn't just that. There was also uh, Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, they came in uh, towards the late 80s, early 90s. Yes, and so what happened was that instead of Saturday morning being the only place where you could see cartoons, now you could see cartoons 24 hours a day on the Cartoon Network. You could see them in syndication in the afternoons. And so Saturday morning became less special at that time, and that's when they started changing the programming. So I just had this conversation with um, with a, a fan. You know, Saturday mornings taught us kids. Saturday morning cartoons taught us kids about time budgeting and how to make decisions. Because you had to choose. Mm-hmm between what you were going to watch and when, and sometimes your favorite shows were in conflict with each other. Yes, they were. And I didn't think about that until this morning, that really the lessons I learned about choosing my time and time management and using it wisely, I learned from Saturday morning cartoons. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that, but that is true. I, I remember having to figure out what I was going to watch. We didn't have VCRs. Yeah. We didn't have streaming. 
nope. on demand. So you basically, if you didn't see it, you, you wouldn't see an episode maybe until next summer. Yeah, yeah. Wild, wild. Well, Robert, I appreciate you taking a minute to sit down with us. I love your work. I love everything you've done. And you're just a, an all-around fantastic person. And um, on behalf of Back of the Cereal Box, this is Johnny. This is Robert. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box. Come on down to Hitchhiker Toys in White House, Tennessee, where we've got toys for all ages. Action figures galore like DC and Marvel characters. We've got Star Wars toys and accessories. And of course, your favorite pro wrestling action figures. Check out our huge selection of Funko Pops, along with a selection of graded Pokemon cards, vintage board games and puzzles, Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars. We've got plush toys and a great selection of Barbie and fashion toys. And if you've got some old toys laying around, bring them to us. We buy, sell, and trade, and no collection is too big or too small. Hitchhiker Toys is located conveniently at 141 Edenway Drive, Suite A, in White House, Tennessee, 37188. Turn by the subway, and we're located in the shopping center between White House Nutrition and White House Produce. You can't miss us. Hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6. Sunday, 12 to 5, and closed on Monday. Make sure to visit us at hitchhikertoys.com.